Grace United Methodist Church, loving as God intends, through helping, healing, and home. Good morning. Uh, we are uh, we're continuing our Advent sermon series based on the idea of seeking the light. And so last week we began by talking about this idea that, that um, Advent is about waiting. But one of the things we, we discussed is we, is we talked about how waiting, though, is actually an active, is an active thing. And I want to I talk a little bit more about that today. So... Um, we're going to, again, read from the gospel according to Luke. Um, last week we read Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 39. We're going to go back uh, and, and look at what happens just before that. So again, we're in Luke chapter 1, but this time we're going to begin in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by the words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now... Your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. May we be blessed this morning by the reading and the hearing of God's word. Let's pray. Good morning, Lord. Even though we are separated by miles, some of us were even separated by state lines. We ask that you be with us. Be with us as we gather together, miles apart, together in spirit. We ask that, that you bless this time that you might open our ears so that we might hear. But even, even more than hearing, that you might touch our hearts. Maybe even break them so that they can be molded, that we may be shaped to become the people that you have called and created us to be. 
bearers of your image, ambassadors of your grace. So this morning I pray that you, that you might use me and at the same time hide me so that what we experience here today is your grace, your mercy, your love, your strength, your righteousness. We pray all of this in your most holy and precious name. Amen. So again, last week we began the sermon series by talking about how um, Advent is about waiting. Um, but again, one of the things we pointed out is that waiting is actually active. It's a spiritual experience. Um, if it's of God, um, it's actually going to lead to this life of activity, right? So this time of waiting can be a spiritual experience that leads to this active life. But the nature of the true activity that we're talking about isn't about going about and running and being busy. It's actually this idea about, about an active surrender and obedience to God. So in the story, what we begin to see is that when the angel Gabriel comes to Mary, he, he tells her that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. And then she answers, right? And she says, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And it's in this submission, right? It's in this submission, this surrender and obedience that Christ is conceived. It's that moment when, when Mary says, Okay, I hear, I hear your word, right? He, she says, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. In other words, I hear your word and I believe your promise. And so this is going to begin to happen. And I'm going to submit to it. And that, that surrender, that, that submission that obedience is the activity that we have the opportunity to experience and, and really sort of set ourselves in throughout this Advent season. Mary exemplifies the obedience that should flow from blessing, should flow from this, this relationship that we have. It says Mary was favored and would hear a, and, and that she would bear a king, but only if she gave herself obediently in response to God's call. The greatest blessings that are available to us are bound up in the fellowship God shares with us. These aren't rewards that are separate from the fellowship. The glory of Christmas came about by the willingness of ordinary people to obey God's claim on their lives. It's, it's the laying down of power it's in that laying down of power that we see that's revealed even in, in Christ's birth. He came as a child. He wasn't even born in the protection of a royal court. He didn't have soldiers to guard him against intruders, and there weren't positions even to keep him from getting sick. Instead, he was born in a stable. 
he, as the story tells us later, he was at the mercy of Herod, as well as the elements of cold and dirt. This pattern of complete abandonment of human strength and total surrender to God's will, it's, it's extremely important to us, both in our lives of activity, but especially, I would say, in our spiritual experiences. It's in the surrender of herself to God that Mary becomes the mother of Christ. In her surrender, in her obedience, she becomes the mother of the Savior of the world. It's her acceptance of Gabriel's message that this great decisive event of history takes place. And in our own daily lives, in our own efforts to do right, what is decisive is that we accept and live by and surrender ourselves to a strength which is not our own, to the piercing white light of God's love. And when we experience this love, we turn away from the notion that we somehow initiate and then God responds. We turn away from this idea that that we, by our religious efforts, can set something in motion that, that then God must obey in a response. And what we begin to see is it's actually God is setting something in motion, and we are responding in obedience. If decisive and liberating good is to be born in this world. It's going to have to come like it did for Mary. It's going to have to come through humble surrender. So I remember, um, and I, I may have shared this story before. In fact, I'm sure I have. But like I, like I say, if the story is worth sharing once, it's worth sharing a hundred times. And I can't help but, but as we're talking about Jesus and her hearing the story from God and surrendering to this promise that Gabriel tells her, um, that I can't help but think about the birth of my own children. So Madison and Robbie were both born just down the street from the church that I was serving in Cookville. At the time, I was serving at Cookville First United Methodist Church, and they were both born in Cookville Regional Hospital, which is uh, it's a little bit more, but it's basically a stone's throw from the church. And um, Madison was born in the evening, late evening, and, and uh, everything was done, and it was quiet in the hospital, and Denise was sleeping, and I didn't want to bother Denise, and so I tried to find a place where I could rest quietly, but... But if you've ever been in the hospital at night, you know there's no such thing as a dark hallway or a dark space. So it dawned on me that I could just go down to the church and I could probably catch a few um, hours of sleep in my office, at least a couple hours of sleep in my office, and then get back and, and uh, be ready for the next day. So I got in the car and I drove down to the, to the church. And when I got there, I decided instead to go into the sanctuary. And... The, the sanctuary at Cookville First United Methodist Church is beautiful. It's, it's uh, got these big stained glass windows, and, and there's a street light outside, and there's some lights outside. And so in the evening, you can go into the sanctuary, and really, you don't even have to bother turning on the lights, because the light from the outside coming through the stained glass window sets a beautiful worship-type 
experience for you. And so I walked in and I decided that before I was going to lay down and sleep, I wanted to take a moment and give thanks to God. And so I walked up and I knelt at the prayer railing and I began to pray. And I said, God, thank you. Thank you so much for my daughter, Madison. And as I began to pray, God laid on my heart that not only um, was there one daughter, but God had entrusted me into my care, into my love, two daughters, two of his daughters, Madison and Denise. And that before, Ma before Madison was my daughter, before Denise was my wife, that they were both his daughters. And I became overwhelmed with this sense of awe, of responsibility, of, of trust, and of love. And, I, and, I be, and, and my prayer changed, and I was like, God, thank you so much for trusting me to love your daughters well. And then I began to think that at any moment, God might call his daughters home. He may, be, he may say, it's time for them to come home. And I, and I just began to pray, God, give me time with them. Thank you for the time that you're going to give to me with them. I also then, three years later, when Robbie was born, found myself at that same altar. And being reminded once again that, that God had trusted me with his son. And that what God anticipated was that I would love him as God loved him. That I would help him experience love the way God wanted him to experience love. And it became this overwhelming sense of like responsibility and, and, and trust. Like God trusted me to love them so well. And then, and then I began to think later, like all of the relationships that I have are God trusting me with his children to love them well to take care of them, to watch over them, to protect them. And, and I remember thinking to myself how horrible it would be if I let God down. He wouldn't, I wasn't afraid of being punished. I wanted to make him proud. And I think, I think in that we begin to see this idea of humble surrender. I was humbled. I was excited. I was proud 
because God trusted me with this. And it didn't mean for a moment, right, that I would just sort of sit back passively in a life of inaction. In fact, it was far from it. Because what I began to realize is that what God was calling me to, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take more strength than sometimes I have the ability to carry out. It's going to seem sometimes like there's impossible demands that are put on us when we begin to realize that, that one of the things that we're called to with this, with this humble surrender is to realize that the way that we love one another, we may never, in fact, I'm, I'm willing to bet, none of us are ever going to give birth to the Savior of the world like Mary did. But we have... We have in this moment an opportunity to give birth to the peace of Christ in a person's life. We have in this moment an opportunity to give rise, to give, to give life to the love of God in a real tangible way for people all around us. Our calling is obedience, even to the hardest demands. And, and we must take them up in, in the faith that our minds, our bodies, is going to be supported by the strength of God. It's us responding. It's us responding to God's blessing and us humbly receiving that that leads to the activity in our lives, not, not the other way around. Philip Brits, he, he was a British poet, and um, in, in, on December 12, 1948, in, a, in an address he was giving, he said this. Although we are tempted to exert ourselves and push ourselves forward in our search for God, the desire to climb nearer to God is nothing but egotistical satisfaction and self-aggrandizement. The way that Christ took was the low way. His way is abandonment. He not only descended from the presence of God, but he came as a baby in the poorest conditions. It's not that we as pilgrims climb to a celestial city, but that the Christ child is born in the poverty of our hearts. It's through our willingness to engage in humble surrender that we give birth to the grace of God in this world. And that we can participate in bringing peace on earth. Amen.